God is glorious in his saints. Welcome to the Christian Saints podcast. My name is Professor Darren Ong, recording from Sepang in Malaysia. In this podcast, we explore the lives of the Christian saints from the Anglican, Roman Catholic, and Eastern Orthodox traditions. Today, we commemorate three Roman Catholic martyrs of 19th century China, Agnes Sao Kao Ying, Agatha Lin Chao, and Lucy Yi Chen Mei. The 19th century was a turbulent time in China. This was the time when the Qing dynasty, China's last imperial dynasty, was in decline, and the country was beset by rebellions and conflicts against foreign powers. This was also a time when Christian missionaries from many denominations were active in China. The Christian faith was, at times, persecuted harshly because it was perceived as a religion of the foreign powers that were exploiting China. For more about this time of Christian persecution from an Eastern Orthodox perspective, please check out an episode that we had a few weeks ago with guest hosts James John Marks and Father Simeon Keyes regarding the Orthodox martyrs of the Boxer Rebellion. Nonetheless, the 19th century was a time when the Christian religion grew and flourished, not just because of the efforts of Western missionaries, but due to the missionary work of Chinese Christians themselves. Notably, several Chinese Christian women were active in the work of teaching and spreading the faith, and died as martyrs due to their efforts. On February the 19th, the Episcopal Church commemorates three of these women, the Roman Catholics, Agnes Tho Ko Ying, Agatha Lin Chao, and Lucy Yi Chen Mei. These women are also saints in the Roman Catholic tradition, but they have different feast days. In the Roman Catholic Church, only Saint Lucy is celebrated on February the 19th. Whereas on the Roman Catholic calendar, St. Agnes and St. Agatha are celebrated on March the 1st and February the 18th, respectively. Let us read from the life stories of all three of these women. The first account is about St. Agnes So Ko Ying from the De La Salle Monthly, a Catholic magazine. We will first read an excerpt from this article which is an account of her early life. Young as she appeared, Agnes Sao Kong had been some time a widow, nor could any second claimant for her hand induce her to break her resolve to devote herself utterly to the service of God, the only child of an old and poor Christian physician. She had been remarkable from her earliest childhood for her piety and devotion. Her mother died when she was very young, but the little Agnes treasured in her heart the lessons her mother had taught, and knew no greater happiness than when she was taken by her aged father to witness the celebration of the sacred mysteries, 
or to join in the secret recesses of the forest in some procession, in honour of the Holy Mother of God. The child's life was spent in a homely country life, in simple, innocent pleasures. When she grew older, she took care of their humble dwelling for her father, employing her time in alternate prayer and work. They were poor, but they were contented. And when, at the age of 15, she was left an orphan, it was then for the first time she realized her desolate condition. But he who watches over the sparrows of the field was not unmindful of his gentle child, and she was placed by the good missioners at the school at Guizhou, where she learned to read and write Chinese books and edified both teachers and companions by the holiness of her life. Agnes was only 16 when a young Christian, struck by her modesty and beauty, sought her hand in marriage. Her unprotected condition, added to the uncertainty of her future, induced her to yield to the advice of her friends and give her consent to her nuptials. But, as if Almighty God would have no undivided affection in the heart of his faithful servant, he called her beloved husband to himself three years after their union and Agnes found herself once more, at nineteen, deprived of the means of support. Her patience and resignation struck Father Leon, so much that he sent her to Father Chardelaine at Guangxi to conduct his school and instruct the neophytes. It was there that she made the vow to renounce every earthly pleasure for the sake of her crucified Lord. The Sharp de Lange mentioned in this story is St. August Sharp de Lange, a Roman Catholic priest from France and a missionary to China. He is known to the Chinese as Master Ma. We will fast forward to the account of the martyrdoms of both St. Agnes So and St. August Sharp de Lange. Two days afterwards, they met again at the tribunal of the Mandarin, loaded with chains. Father Chapelon glanced at his holy child as she stood, calm and self-possessed before her accusers, a wondrous light of joy beaming in her countenance. Where dost thou come from? From Huichou. Who taught thee the Christian religion? My parents, who were always Christians. What hast thou come here to do? I come to teach the women and the children how to pray and to serve God. Why dost thou teach them to fly like birds? I do not teach them to fly. Why dost thou teach them at night? Because working in the fields all day, they are unable to come till night. Come, if thou wouldst save thy little life, answer me truly. Art thou not the wife of the Master Ma? A flash of indignation from the eyes of the holy girl. No, I am not, she exclaimed. The brutal Mandarin loaded her with every coarse invective, yet she never flinched, but stood serene and pure amidst the foulest imprecations. Dost thou renounce the religion of the Master Ma? I will not renounce his religion. 
Knowest thou not, cried the enraged Mandarin, that I have the power to condemn thee to death? Here is my head, cried the intrepid girl. You can order it to be cut off, but it will be to me inexpressible joy to lay down my life. How wouldst thou wish to die? By the same death as my master Ma. They were both condemned to die by the cage, but before Father Shaoptalon was put in, he was sentenced to a hundred blows on the cheek, which dashed out all his teeth. Then he was laid flat on his stomach and received a hundred strokes of the rattan on his back. Not a murmur passed the lips of the noble confessor. They sprinkled the blood of a newly killed dog upon him and carried him back to prison, where he walked about as if nothing had happened to him. It was because our good God has protected me, replied the martyr with a smile to their astonished questions. He was then made to suffer the torture of the iron chain, which consists in being suspended by the thumbs and hair over iron chains, while the whole weight of the body rests on the bare knees. At last, on the 28th of February, Agnes and he were put into the cage at such a distance from each other that they could see but not converse. The cage is about a yard and a half in height, and so constructed that the sufferer's feet scarcely touch the ground, while his head is suspended above the cage by means of two boards hollowed out a little and fitted to the neck, so as to cause all the suffering of strangulation, yet leaving respiration enough to prolong life for five or six days. Exposed in front of the prison to jeers and taunts, Agnes passed four days of agony, till worn with hunger and thirst, she surrendered her soul to her beloved, a sweet smile lingering on her beautiful dead face. Let us move on to the account of St. Agatha Lin Chao. This account is taken from Christians in China, AD 600 to 2000, a book by Jean Charbonnier. The consecrated virgins in China were as heroic as their brother catechists and did not hesitate to shed their blood in the service of the gospel. One of the first to be martyred was Agatha Lin, or Lin Chao, an apostle for the women of Guizhou province, who was the first to evangelize the Miao people. Lin Chao came from the village of Ma Chang in the Qinglong district of Guizhou. Her father was a salt merchant, and he and his wife were fervent Christians who had been converted by Chang Dapeng, while he had taken refuge in their region. When Lin Chao was born in 1817, her father was in prison for having refused to renounce the Catholic faith, and he only came back three years later. Agatha had been baptized by her mother when she was only three days old. The little girl was pretty and bright, and her parents loved her dearly. They taught her to read and write, and her mother made her an expert needlewoman. According to custom, her father agreed to a marriage contract for her 
when she was still a child. She knew nothing of this and decided later to consecrate her life to God. When she reached the age of 18, her father revealed to her that she was promised to a certain Liu. She explained that it was quite impossible as she had consecrated her life to God and she backed this up with lengthy spiritual arguments. Her parents did not insist and annulled the contract. That year, a priest called Father Matthew Liu passed through the village of Machang and Agatha told him about her plan. He advised her father to send her to Guiyang, the capital of Guizhou province, where the consecrated virgin, Anyan from Sichuan, had opened a school for girls. Agatha eagerly started to study, but after two months, the school had to close because of persecution. The pupils were sent home, but Agatha went with the head teacher to Longping, near Chunyi, where she continued her studies for two years. When she returned home, she found her mother on her own because her father had been arrested again. Agatha stayed at home with her aging mother and read a lot in her spare time. Father Matthew had noticed how capable Agatha was and asked her to teach the girls in the area. When she was 25, she duly made her vows according to the rules put in place by Bishop de Martillat a hundred years previously. After her father's death, Agatha and her mother went to stay with some relatives in the district of Chenning. There, she made several converts and managed to open premises for their meetings. Bishop Etienne Albran, consecrated in March 1849, was then administrator of the Catholics in Guizhou province, and he soon noticed Agatha's exceptional qualities. He asked her to come to Guiyang and entrusted her with the direction of a house of formation for consecrated virgins. She had to do a lot of walking, uphill and down dale, to follow up her pupils in their families, and this was particularly painful because her feet had been deformed by being bound when she was a child, according to the custom of Chinese well-to-do families. With the help of a walking stick, she cheerfully kept going, her father having left her some money after his death. Agatha was able to buy a house near Singyi, which was both chapel and school, and also some land, which provided income for the expenses of the priest when he came to visit. She herself lived on very little, and did not even buy a coffin, as local custom required. She was much respected for the example that she gave, and prevented many Christians from falling away. In 1854, a year after the death of Bishop Albran, the new administrator of the diocese, Father Paul Perney, sent Agatha to Mao Ku, a Miao village in Langdai district where she was to see to the education of women. She found this new assignment difficult, as she was dealing with people who could not read or write, but she accepted the challenge with infinite patience. She went to live in the house of the traveling catechist, Jerome Lu Ting Mei, an unusual Miao, who had studied the Chinese classics. 
When he was a young man, he sought for the truth and became a fervent adept of the Qinghui Jiao, the religion of pure water, as Augustine Zhang Dapeng had been before becoming a Christian. Lu Tingmei had been converted by reading Christian books and became the apostle of the Miao, not only in Guizhou province, but also in Guangxi. After two long years, Agatha had the joy of seeing her Miao converts receiving baptism. Father Perny noted that without her, it would have been impossible to maintain the outpost at Mao Ku. Agatha was perhaps worn out by the difficulties of her work because she is reported as saying to her pupils that she would like to follow the example of her holy patron and shed her blood for Christ. Saint Agatha was a Christian martyr in Sicily who was cruelly tortured in the 3rd century. Agatha Lin Chao's wish was soon to be granted. At the beginning of 1858, a magistrate from Kuiyang raided the village of Maoko. Agatha and the catechist Jerome Lu Tingmei were arrested and brought to court together. The judge asked her why she was not married. Such immoral behavior would indicate that she belonged to a subversive sect. Agatha replied coolly that triumphal arches were erected in honor of young widows who had remained virgins all their lives. He then asked what she, a Han Chinese, was doing among the Miao. She replied, I have come to teach them the books. In this region, the girls do not know the Chinese language and Chinese manners. That is what I teach them, so that they can make a good marriage and converse easily with their husband's relatives. I also teach them to be obedient. Finally, the girls learn to give everybody the honor that is their due. It was difficult to fault such a program. Nevertheless, Agatha and Jerome Lu Tingmei were condemned to death. She and Jerome were dragged down to the riverside, where they knelt side by side. The executioner struck her several times with his cutlass before she collapsed and her head was severed from her body. Agatha and Jerome, the first Miao martyr, were put to death on January the 28th, 1858. They were beatified by Pope Pius X in 1909 and canonized with the 120 Chinese martyrs in the year 2000. Finally, let us read of the life of St. Lucy Yi Chenmei. This is from an article written by Virginia Durkin O'Shea, published in The Dialogue, which is the diocesan newspaper of the Catholic Diocese of Wilmington in Delaware in the United States. As Catholics, we think of most martyrs killed for their faith as part of the early history of the Church. As Americans with religious freedom, we can't fathom what it would be like to be sentenced to death just for being Christian. But in countries like China, religious freedom was often forbidden by law, and many people were martyred just for openly practicing their Christian faith. One example of a brave woman who met that sad fate is Saint Lucy Yi Zhenmei 
a catechist who lived in the 19th century and is counted among the martyr saints of China. Lucy was born on December the 9th, 1815, the youngest of five children in Sichuan. Her parents were converts from Buddhism and raised their children Catholic. Lucy was a devout and studious child who took a vow of chastity at age 12, knowing at that young age that she wished to devote her life to God. When Lucy was 20, she fell ill, and the experience only deepened her faith. She began living as a religious woman would, with a strong and disciplined prayer life. As is the custom in China, she still lived with her family as an adult, even after her father's death, and worked as a catechist, teaching local children the faith. Lucy's brother was a doctor, and when he moved to Chongqing, to practice medicine. Lucy and her mother accompanied him. While she was living there, the parish priest, recognizing Lucy's deep faith, asked her to teach catechism to the women of the parish. When offered payment for the work, Lucy refused, saying she taught for the glory of God. After her mother's death, Lucy lived for a short time in a convent for lay virgins. Illness caused her to return to her home, but the local bishop asked her to continue to teach at the convent. Despite opposition from her relatives, she did, bringing the gospel to many women in the area. In 1862, hatred and persecution against Christians was on the rise in the province. Despite this danger, Lucy and her friend, Father Wen Nair, opened a mission. Not long after, Lucy and five other catechists were arrested, seemingly for the crime of being Christian. She and her companions refused to renounce their faith and were sentenced to death without a trial. On February 19, 1862, at the age of 47, Lucy and five of her friends were executed by beheading. Friends were able to arrange a Christian burial for them on the grounds of a local seminary. She and her companions were canonized on October the 1st, 2000, by Pope John Paul II. St. Lucy is considered one of the martyr saints of China, those who were killed for practicing the faith from the mid-17th century until the 1930s. Her feast day is on February the 19th. She has no official patronage. However, many think she should be assigned to catechists. Thank you for listening to the Christian Saints Podcast. Look for the Christian Saints Podcast page on Facebook or Instagram, or find us on Twitter at podcast underscore saints. All music in this episode was composed by my good friend, James John Marks of Generative Sounds. Please check out his music at generativesoundsjjm.bandcamp.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider giving us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use, so more people can find the Christian Saints podcast and be blessed by these stories of God's saints. Let us end with the collect prayer for February 19th, which is the feast day of Agnes Sao Ko Ying, 
Agatha Lin Chao and Lucy Yi Chenmei in the Episcopal Church. Lord Jesus Christ, who willingly walked the way of the cross, strengthen thy church through the witness of thy servants, Agnes Sao Ko Ying, Agatha Lin Chao, and Lucy Yi Chenmei, to hold fast to the path of discipleship, even unto death. For with the Father and Holy Ghost, thou livest and reignest, one God, for ever and ever. Amen. <laughs>